0: Today we're talking about building a community for a Roblox game with special guest Charlie RBX to take a look at different types of game communities, their pros and cons, and how to go about starting one. As always my name is Bantec and I'll be your host for this discussion, it's time to go Beyond the Blocks. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to Beyond the Blocks, the podcast all about the Roblox platform and game development. On this episode, we're unpacking the topic of building a community for your game, whether that be for support and feedback, or as an integral part of your game's experience to keep players engaged with the game and its developers. To help provide some insight, I've got Charlie RBX here to discuss it with me.
1: Hi, uh, my name's Charlie, and I'm uh, Managing Director of Stepford County Railway. I'm the lead of a community-based simulation game That has an excess of 4.8 million visits in just over 18 months, a Roblox group with over 26,000 members and a Discord community server with over 6,000 people. I joined Roblox over 10 years ago. I've attempted many groups and communities which never really took off, but SCR has changed that.
0: Okay, so we're going to start by talking about the different types of community that a creator might want to consider as different communities suit different genres and different levels of interaction that the creator wants to maintain. Not all communities are created equal. Some are very flat, such as a fan group for your game, or simply a place for them to submit bugs and feature requests. And other communities have a very deep hierarchical structure, with training or applications, or some other method of sorting members into different ranks. The community you go for is really up to you as the creator, or perhaps you don't want a community at all. Over this episode, we're going to explore the benefits of having different types of communities, the drawbacks, and some words of advice from experience. Stepford County Railway has a fairly big and interesting community behind it, so what's this game all about, and how is the community structured?
1: Stepford County Railway is a UK-based railway network simulation game, where players can drive trains around in a fictional network with working signals and a few pedestrian roles, including passenger, dispatcher, and signaller. It's also the name of the associated group for the community in which members work their way up from Trainee Driver through two or three ranks to Signaler by attending training sessions and being assessed. And those different ranks unlock different gameplay modes within the game.
0: Now personally I'd never been part of a community this big or this detailed before and Bantech Systems is now sort of intertwined with SCR as I redid all of the scripting back at 1.0 and have been the sole scripter of the game ever since. And originally, I didn't want to get too involved with the community, but over time I realised to create and evolve the game, you really have to engage with those super fans, as they're the ones who spread the word to their friends and who make YouTube videos and tweets about it. The community was already in its early stages before I got there, but we've seen huge expansion since then, including a few restructures along
1: the way. Yeah, exactly, and as the game has grown larger, we've been able to more closely replicate the sort of structure that you'd find in the real company. Uh, So a board of directors at the top with executive power, some managerial staff to worry about the day-to-day, some HR staff who manage trainings, moderation and customer services, and then below that are the regular members with the ranks that affect gameplay.
0: So that's very clearly one of those deep hierarchical communities I was talking about at the start, but as a game creator you don't necessarily have to go as deep as that, and perhaps your game doesn't lend itself to that sort of interaction. So let's go ahead and break down the pros and cons of having a community. So, Charlie, what sort of benefits have you found that the community provides that would make you recommend having a community for a game?
1: In the case of Step County Railway, the community allows us to restrict some of the more technically challenging modes to experienced members who receive personal training. Uh, some roles could ruin the game for others if not carried out properly, so we don't have them publicly available. Uh, it also allows us to create better roleplay of a railway company and creates a stronger feeling of teamwork when people are playing the game.
0: Yeah, definitely, and I've found it's a useful channel for getting important information about the game to people as quickly as possible. If something's broken or there's an issue with Roblox, we can quickly inform a huge part of our fanbase, who then do a great job of spreading the word further in games to any new players.
1: Yeah, as well as that, it also keeps our players more interested in the game, uh, as they can chat to other like-minded players and share their tips on how to earn the most points in the game, or how to find less congested routes. Uh, And if any players get stuck or need help with something, there's a clear way to contact someone instead of just hanging around in game waiting for the creator to appear, which could be a long wait when there's many servers open at once.
0: And finally, I suppose from a developer point of view, it's also really nice to be able to test and get instant feedback on updates from the community. If something's not working right in the game, you find out about it straight away. How about some drawbacks then? So some negative things, or perhaps some things about communities that people don't realise they're letting themselves in for until after they've already created it? Well,
1: no matter how much delegation you do, there'll always be some time taken away from development to manage the community, if it is to be successful. Communities want at least some form of connection with the owner or creator, Uh, and even if you are delegating such responsibilities, you have to train those people and check in from time to time to ensure it's going smoothly and deal with any issues. Absolutely,
0: and and one thing I always bear in mind is that anything your community does often reflects on you, even if it's against your rules and you don't condone it. So if someone spams another game in the name of SCR, people who aren't from SCR will assume that the owner sent them. And how much this matters can vary from person to person, but if you're trying to create a good reputation for yourself and your game, you'll need to keep an eye on it.
1: Also, there's no good way to create a community with lots of interaction on Roblox. Uh, You have to expand to third-party services for your community to effectively communicate and interact. The Roblox Groups feature is long overdue and update, and it's highly ineffective to try to spread information or have a conversation using groups at the moment. This instantly cuts out a huge chunk of your player base, as most external services are 13+, and to them, the community might end up being seen as this elite group that they are excluded from.
0: Yep. And a a drawback that I've personally felt as well is that it's easy to become wrapped up in only delivering what your community wants you to, instead of making and doing things that you're personally interested in. So you may become burned out or bored of being unable to do what you want without everyone being so vocal and having an opinion on it. And although that's a positive most of the time to get instant feedback, it can be a negative too, even if the members commenting have the best intentions at heart. But to close off this segment, I think one of the things developers and creators need to bear in mind is that it can be hard to close a community once you've created it. Nobody wants to disappoint people, especially not if it's grown into the thousands, so if you're worried that you can't fully commit to your community, sometimes it's easier to let your fans create their own fan-led, unofficial community instead, as personally you'll have less obligations, and if you want to focus on another project you won't feel guilty or pressured not to and with a fan-led community, the players will still be able to interact with each other and chat about the game to keep them interested. Don't let those drawbacks put you off too much, as there's plenty of tools, apps and services to help run your community. There's no way we could list off every tool in existence, but here's a few that both Charlie and I have used for our own communities.
1: A third-party app or service to base the community on, Discord for example, Roblox makes it very difficult to notify a community about things, as they can't create push notifications, you can't chat with voice, you can't add images or videos to your posts on groups. Many communities for Roblox games are therefore based on Discord, with different voice and text chat channels for different purposes to keep things organised and help people find the information they actually need.
0: And to help ensure a bit of continuity between Roblox and Discord, you can use an account verification tool like the RoverBot to help give out roles based on Robots' group rank and to allow you to associate a robot's username to a particular Discord
1: account. Our fans have created an unofficial wiki for SCR, but you could create an official one too, if you like. Uh, A wiki that the community can contribute to provides additional interaction and discussion about the game outside of just playing it. New players and members can catch up to speed quickly if all the information is in a central hub.
0: And if your community contains some sort of application process to obtain higher ranks, or perhaps to apply to become a moderator, then Google Forms has been a personal go-to every time for me. It's powerful, and you can get the results to link to a spreadsheet. And if you get a lot of applications, you can then share that spreadsheet with your team so you can collaboratively assess them. And you can back up the original, track changes, and after unlinking the spreadsheet, you can clear out all of the applicants, create a new output sheet, and then start clean for the next wave of applications.
1: In the Stafford County Railway Discord, uh, we used to have a channel for suggestions, and a channel for bugs, uh, and it was just overrun with repeated posts, unclear posts, and the good ones were lost in the flood of messages. Uh, so we changed it to a website-based solution, with the ability to merge duplicates, accept or reject ideas, to vote on ideas, and to comment on other people's ideas as well. This has tidied it up massively and helped us ensure even the most obscure and rare bugs do get noticed and that the best suggestions come to us for review. And whilst on the subject of keeping the chat tidy and organised, look into different moderation tools and bots. Try to get a bot that has some automatic moderation for things you want to stop completely, like spam links and invite codes, and then has some sort of warning system to allow your community members to learn the rules instead of a single infraction leading straight to an eviction.
0: Bots are definitely useful, and as a community grows, sometimes it can become necessary to create custom bots too. So again, in Stepford County Railway, we have one bot that provides customer service by allowing users to post questions or feedback that go into essentially a shared box where any of our team can claim and respond to those. That way, the member doesn't have to individually tag or DM people until they find the right one who isn't busy. And then we also have a bot that makes ranking members after training much easier And allows them to receive feedback if they failed from our internal google sheets records. Custom bots can lift the burden from your staff and provide a rich experience for users if implemented correctly. As a community grows larger it can become more difficult to maintain a good balance of moderation ensuring you have 24-hour coverage and keeping up with all the different chats and channels you've created.
1: Yeah, your community wants to feel like they're being listened to, but one person can't hear thousands of voices at the same time. So careful delegation of different tasks is required, and a network of permissions to ensure that important or potentially damaging decisions are not delegated too far away from the creator.
0: Yeah, so in a fairly flat structure, you'd probably just keep hiring more and more moderators each time they're struggling to keep up, and then you'd provide bots and tools to help them manage more content. But in a deeper hierarchical structure, especially if the higher ranks get more permissions and unlock more modes in-game, it can become more complex. Much like a company with supervisors and managers, some responsibility is delegated and certain issues have to be escalated.
1: Exactly, and this allows simple requests to be dealt with very quickly and easily, without disturbing ongoing development of the game, while more serious or complex issues can be brought forward.
0: I think balance and moderation are two biggest challenges any large community will face, and there's no magic formula for it, so sometimes you just have to try different things and fail and learn what works best for your specific setup. Like a game of Jenga, the trick is keeping an eye on it and recognising unbalance early before the tower has chance to fall. One of the more hidden aspects of communities is the pressure that they can provide to the people running them, whether that be the original creator or a designated community manager. So the pressure to provide for the community and to continually update and change the game can be overwhelming at times. It's totally natural to feel this pressure, but if every time you log on to your computer, you see a thousand messages asking when the next game update's coming out, it can quickly become unhealthy. So how do you combat this?
1: So instead of County Railway, we have the assistance bot mentioned earlier, uh, which has allowed us to close our DMs to prevent receiving these types of messages. Our team of moderators and managers can catch these much sooner and redirect the member to resources we have, such as our public roadmap. I found that the
0: community likes it if you give little and often. So even if it's just a small sneak peek of something, members tend to be more at ease if they can see various bits of progress. It doesn't have to be a huge change every time.
1: Try not to personally ride the hype train. Delegate this to people who are disconnected from the development. If you personally see the server getting excited about an update, this can easily lead to you worrying or becoming anxious. You want to deliver what they're asking for, but if you get it wrong, that's a lot of upset people. After I post a sneak peek, I look at a few initial responses, and then I stop looking. We have other members of the team who are great at keeping the hype up and getting people excited about something without letting the pressure get through to those working on it.
0: Yeah, so the pressure to provide for the community can also be about providing events and activities for members to take part in. And for this, I'd again recommend delegation if it starts impacting your work or starts to become a chore. For a small community just starting out, you can do a lot of this yourself or in a small team, but the logistics required for a large community would eat up all of your development time. So hire a people person to listen to the community and to respond with relevant events. All successful communities have a well-balanced leadership team that isn't too harsh or too lenient and can lead the community in the right direction. Particularly as a community grows, delegation becomes more important and who you delegate to can be the difference between your community flourishing or dwindling away.
1: Don't just pick your friends to be on the team. Just because you're friends with them doesn't mean they'll be suited to be a leader. you want to carefully pick your team based on the personalities. Remember, you'll rely on these people to moderate your community, so while not just your friends, you must be able to trust them. Equally,
0: a community where only your friends are managers shows everyone else that there's no progression pathway. It's important that dedicated players have at least the opportunity to get to a managerial role through applications, rather than it just being the person known best getting the
1: chance. You'll want to find people who are mature and who'll be able to keep a cool head it's quite easy to upset the community by being overzealous with moderation. After all, the community is there to enjoy the game and have fun.
0: So now I'd like to ask you a few questions, Charlie, about your community for Stepford County Railway and sort of how it was created. So what was it that made you decide to create a community for SCR in the first place? Which came first, the community or
1: the game? So the game came first before the community. Um, I did not create the community, so to speak. I built the game. I was the key developer for SCR. uh, And we had a Roblox group which was running in the background. But one of my managers at the time, uh, who was a lead developer, created the community behind the scenes and ran that himself. And I left him to that while I focused on simply developing the game.
0: So when he left the team, what made you continue with the community as it was?
1: So at that point, the community had grown quite well. Um, We had an established network um, through different ranks so that it wasn't just a free-for-all of everyone having a go at everything. And as mentioned earlier, we had roles at that point where without a rank system, people could cause damage to the game for other people and ruin the experience. So it was important that we kept that network in place so that people who'd already worked hard to get to a level didn't just lose it because I didn't want to continue that network.
0: Okay and was there ever a time where you thought the community was going to die and if so what saved it?
1: I think at the point where the lead developer who was leading the community left I was unsure of how I was going to keep that community going Um, but at the same time I didn't think it would be able to die and if it did the game would probably go with it. Uh, So the way that I saved that was by putting a new management structure in place. Um, At the time, selecting people I'd worked with previously to help me restart the community so that we could then put a proper process for hiring new managers in place. Um, And it took a while to get that process in place, but as a result, it built it to the community it is today, um, which is better than it was.
0: Okay so there's been a few times that you've sort of tweaked the structure of the game and obviously that was a a big time where you created the structure from pretty much nothing but since then has there ever been a time that you wish you'd structured the community a little bit differently uh, or perhaps wish that you didn't have a community at all?
1: No I think the whole concept of community has allowed me to focus on the game development um, and not just the physical development but the kind of idea development of the game, so I can focus on how I want the game to look um, and I can have a community that I see everyone enjoying and being able to participate in the way they want, but at the same time I don't have to have that hands-on involvement. Um, I have a team who I can manage, who will manage the teams below them and so on, which means that the community works smoothly. So I think the community is an integral part of the game and I think it's really important to what I enjoy about developing. Uh, In terms of the structure of it, Um, I think the way we've changed the structure over the last 18 months has been quite important to our development. So we've learned as we've gone along that there are certain roles that didn't work so well. Uh, We had no gap between what is now our director level and what was the high rank level. So it was really important to introduce the manager rank halfway between so that we as directors weren't controlling the groups of, say, 20 high ranks in each department, which means we were managing up to 60, 80 people. So that management level has put a new stopgap in for us. So, no, I wouldn't have changed it in terms of at the time. I think it was a really good learning curve for, in the past where we've had less managers, there were less people, and as the group has grown and the community grown, we've adapted and structured the community to match the demands of people and will continue to, no doubt, over the next 18 months, introduce new roles or remove existing roles that match what our actual demands are and where we're struggling to meet them. So
0: following on from that sort of evolvement, as you say, for the past 18 months, you say you can see it continuing to evolve. So in the next six months, where do you see it compared to what it is now?
1: I think looking at our roadmap and our structure, there's lots of plans for change in terms of whether we want to introduce new areas, whether we want to introduce... um, bigger expansions to the game which will mean more people Uh, and as such the more people we have the more people we will need to manage them people so I think we've got it in a really good place in terms of how the 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 community is structured but I still think there's probably going to be a bigger expansion in terms of how many people we need to manage that community Um, and then looking at actually what don't we do well so how well do we manage our interaction with people how well do we manage how we respond to bugs and suggestions and are we doing that to our best ability and if we are great but if we find that we're not do we need to take on other people to do different roles so it's just now we've got it in a place we like it digging deeper into what do we do really well and what do our community not like about us and what can we do to make that different
0: and i'm sure that evolution sort of helps to keep people interested in the community as well but is there anything that you also actively put in place to try and keep those over 6,000 people interested for so long?
1: I think a clear development pathway is quite important so that when you join the group and you see that there are people in high ranks, it's knowing that you can get to that rank. Um, And there are plenty of our members who no doubt think that's quite a slow process, Uh, but it is important to us that you can't just become a high rank overnight. It's that actually people who have proper experience but that everyone understands that they're not just our friends there and that they are people who have worked from joining the group to a high rank level so I think a development pathway is quite important but equally seeing that we as a community do post new content quite regularly so that our updates aren't once a year um, and that they're not small updates when they are but even if we just throw out small things like a new train or a new route every month or so just to try and keep things going or even simply a patch with a new feature um, constant new ideas and new things that people can participate in as well as knowing that when they get something new they'll have the opportunity to progress to that level so even if it may be when we introduced signaler as a rank, people knowing that they could work up to doing something like a dispatcher first and then up to that signaler level but that it wasn't going to be impossible but it would take some actual work to get to that rank which means that you can't just do it and then get bored so there is like a level of experience required which means you have to play the game for so long to get to that level but we need to make sure we have enough content to keep that interesting so that you don't get bored trying to get to that new rank.
0: And if anyone is listening to this episode and they don't know about Stepford County Railway, they've never seen it before, and perhaps are interested in having a look at this community as an example, or perhaps to join it,
1: where can they find it? At a start, we are a Roblox game, so if you search Stepford County Railway on Roblox or click through my profile, which is charlie__rbx, you'll be able to find the game. You can follow us on Twitter at StepfordRail, um, and the official community on Discord, uh, the link to get to that is discord.gg SCR.
0: So as always with these episodes, I'd like to give some final general advice. Regardless of your community's structure or size, these points will apply. So keep in regular contact with your community, posting non-pushed announcements or sneak peeks every few days, and pushed announcements for important updates or long-awaited releases.
1: Don't forget to post on Roblox and Twitter too. Not everyone has Discord or another third-party app, so be sure so that the big announcements are still public. Around 20,000 members of SCR's community are on the Roblox group only. The majority of third-party applications are 13+. So if your game appeals to a younger audience too, you'll need to bear this in mind. And never try to
0: bypass Roblox moderation to share links to your community, or to try to advertise it, so 13 plus users will see the social links feature on Roblox. You can mention your Twitter handle in the main description if you have one, but if a player wants to find your community, they will find it. The rules do exist for a reason, and player safety must remain a top priority at all times. Hopefully that's given you a few ideas of why you might want to build a community for your game, and some of the things to consider when building one. The points covered are not exhaustive and you'll probably discover some more tips and tricks, as every community is different, but this should serve as a starting block and provide some food for thought. That's all from us for this episode, so if you enjoyed it please subscribe or follow the podcast to make sure you don't miss any of our future instalments. Thank you to our special guest Charlie RBX for joining me today, It's been nice to share our joint experience of communities and you can find Stepford County Railway on Roblox and Twitter and follow the links through to Discord for the official community. Beyond the Blocks is brought to you by Bantech Systems, a development studio creating interactive games, systems and solutions on Roblox. Find Bantech's profile on Roblox and click through to the Bantech Systems group for more information. Don't forget you can listen to any episode of Beyond the Blocks on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts and many other popular listening platforms. You'll also find it on the Bantech Systems YouTube channel. Thank you for listening and I'll see you on the next episode of Beyond the Blocks.